0: Welcome to another edition of Flowin' with Fina. I'm very excited to introduce today's guest. She's someone I truly admire. She's a six time Emmy Award winning host and reporter for Spectrum Sports at LA. She's in her seventh season with the LA Dodgers, and she's the founder of the Guidry's Guardian Foundation. It's my pleasure to introduce Alana Rizzo. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing so
1: good. It's nice to hear your voice. I hope you're doing okay amidst all this craziness.
0: Yes, definitely. And I hope you're doing well also. And I just want to thank you so much, you know, for being here and just joining me on my podcast. No, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to do it. And I just want to talk about your journey and where you're at now. And I definitely, you know, want to start at the beginning. You know, where where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So I'm a Colorado native and lived pretty much my entire life there. Um, I went to school at Sierra High School in Colorado Springs, and then I went to the University of Colorado at Boulder for both of my degrees. So I'm a CU buff for my bachelor's, which was in international business, and then my master's was in journalism and I uh, lived in Colorado until I got my first job in television, um, about 28, 29 years old. And then I moved all over the place because of the job. So I was in Wichita Falls, Texas, and I was in Madison, Wisconsin. Then I went back to Denver, and I went to New York slash New Jersey for MLB Network. And then, uh, as you mentioned, now I'm in Los Angeles. This is uh, starting my seventh season uh, with the
0: Dodgers. With your undergrad, it was international business. What made you... Want to get your master's in uh, broadcast journalism?
1: You know, honestly, I was just really unfulfilled in what I was doing. My bachelor's degree in international business, I was first in the beverage industry right out of college, and then I was in the hospitality industry, and I was in sales and marketing, and was just really unfulfilled and just really bored honestly and i had an epiphany between christmas and new years of 2001 that if there was anything i could do if money wasn't an object if i had won the lottery and i was just following a passion what would it be and really sports have always been incredibly important in my life more as a you know as a spectator i participated um, in high school a little bit i was a runner a competitive runner but really just always was gravitating towards sports and I knew if I could do anything, I would want to cover sports. And, you know, there weren't a lot of people, um, At the time I was growing up, a lot of women in the industry, um, there were some certainly that have paved the way, but it wasn't commonplace for women to be in sports journalism. And I really didn't even think of it as a career until much, much later in life. I didn't actually even go back to school to get my master's in journalism until I was 28. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just really wanted to do something that I was passionate about and kind of quit my job at the time, took a second mortgage out of my house to pay for school and went back and, and got a master's in journalism.
0: And as you started navigating through the journalism world, like, what drew you to baseball?
1: Honestly, baseball found me. I was never really drawn to baseball. Baseball Mm -hmm. was probably my least favorite sport of the, uh, you know, the major sports. I didn't know a lot about it. We didn't have professional baseball. Rather, we didn't have major league baseball in Colorado Mm until 1993. That's when the Colorado Rockies came. We had professional baseball, but never major league baseball, and by the time the Rockies showed up in Colorado, I was already a senior in high school, so Mm -hmm. I didn't know a ton about baseball. I mean, I knew the basics, but in this world of sports journalism, you go where the jobs are, and I was really very much a football fan. I grew up in a football family, and the only thing my dysfunctional family can agree upon are the Denver Broncos. So we were very Mm -hmm. much a a Broncos family um, and didn't really know a lot about baseball. So when I had the opportunity to go back to Colorado, which is what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. uh, the Colorado Rockies had a position and I actually started as a freelancer rather, excuse me, you know, as a freelancer kind of covering the Colorado Rockies at the end of that crazy 2007 season when they won 21 out of 22 games and ended up going to the World Series and then got swept by the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, I was a freelancer at the end of 07. I was a freelancer all of 2008. And then Root Sports Rocky Mountain hired me full time January 1st of 2009. And, you know, I was with the Colorado Rockies for five seasons. And it was in that time where I really learned an appreciation of baseball and now You know, it's my favorite sport. So it was, a, you know, again, baseball found me I wasn't necessarily seeking that sport, but now by far it is my favorite.
0: Like, do you see yourself, um, you know, doing any reporting for any other different sport at some time?
1: You know, I've done a lot of different sports. I've covered Mm -hmm. every sport at this point. Um, But I can't imagine, you know, not doing baseball. I mean, it's been a fabric of my life for the last... 12 years um, it's afforded me an amazing amount of opportunities I cover such an amazing group of guys now and such a historic and storied franchise that I certainly know this if I am not with the Dodgers I guarantee I won't ever be with another baseball team Um, I'm not opposed to covering other sports but as far as being on a baseball beat uh, the Dodgers are it for me
0: were there struggles you faced throughout your career and like you know just throughout your journey I
1: think the biggest thing, the biggest challenge is constantly, you know, feeling like, you you know, at the beginning of your journey, constantly proving yourself as a woman in the industry in a very male-dominated field. Um, I will say this. I never felt discriminated against because I am a woman, but I also never felt like doors opened just because I am a woman. I think, you know, it behooves you to make sure you work doubly hard as your male counterparts, because we didn't grow up, I didn't grow up playing baseball. I didn't play softball. I didn't really know much about it. And I think it's just ingrained in guys um, way more than it is in women. And they just have the natural opportunity to to play a lot more than women do. And, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't, the challenges I think now, more than anything are just the schedule and, and balancing life and, and work. And it's, you know, being a baseball beat reporter is, a a tremendous grind with the amount of games that they play and the amount of time that they play it. So that's a challenge. It's just finding balance between, you know, life, personal life and professional life. And, you know, I think your priorities just change as you get older. My priorities now covering the Dodgers in my seventh season are very different than my priorities were when I was trying to even get into, um, you know, sports journalism to begin with.
0: What do you, you know, what do you feel it, it, it takes to be where you're at now and to be great at what you, at what you do, especially working in a male dominant industry? Like, what do you feel it, it takes? I think you have
1: to, it, it doesn't matter that it's a male-dominated industry. Mm-hmm. And being successful in any industry takes the same thing it takes the fabric of very very hard work and amazing work ethic it takes initiative it takes the willingness to sacrifice and move and you have to understand that a lot of people want to do what we do at this level in Los Angeles but a lot of people don't want to do what it takes to get there you know everybody wants to start in a York, and they don't want to make the sacrifices along the way they don't want to move they don't want to make very little money you know everybody wants to be in front of the camera without all of the behind the scenes stuff that you have to do to get there and if you're not willing to make sacrifices and pay your dues this is not the industry for you and i think you know like any any successful person will tell you it's it's an unbelievable amount of work it's an unbelievable amount of sacrifice um and it's a constant dedication to, to your craft
0: what does your preparation look like before a game
1: You know, because it's a baseball beat, and Mm -hmm. I've been with these guys for so long, my preparation today is very different than it would have been having just starting out. When I was covering the Colorado Rockies in my first season, at the time, Aaron Cook was their ace. Well, he's a sinkerball guy. He's a sinkerball pitcher, and at the time, I didn't even know what the heck that was. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was so green when it came to baseball. That my my preparation at that time was a lot more extensive than it is now. I'm ingrained in the daily fabric of what these guys do on a day to day basis. So I'm with them every single day. I start with them at the you know in the middle of February at spring training, and I'm with them until their season ends. With with the Dodgers, it's usually late October or November. The way that things have been going for them, so. My preparation now is more just because I'm in it every single day, so it's not nearly as labor-intensive as it was you know, when I was first starting out. That being said, you definitely have to know what you're doing, you have to know the game, you have to pay attention to the plays, you have to know the questions to ask, because no one's telling me what to ask. It's all based on what's going on in the game, and what your thought process is in the third inning may completely change based on what happened in the game in the seventh inning or something that happened in the bottom of the ninth, so... You do have to know the game, or else you will be exposed.
0: How did you How did you land this job at at Spectrum?
1: I was actually working at MLB Network um, in New Jersey at the time. I had been with the network for two seasons or two years, and I was covering the National League in the postseason in 2013. Mm -hmm. And um, I happened to be at Dodger Stadium in 2013 because, of course, the Dodgers were in the playoffs. And um, I had heard from Chuck Torres, who is with Major League Baseball's player relations department, that the Dodgers were starting a new network work that being spectrum um and you know sports net so uh he had mentioned to me that that was happening and I had really missed being at the field and a part of the team when I was with MLB network I was doing a lot more studio stuff and I just really missed being with the team on the day to day so I had a conversation with my now boss Lon Rosen um mm-hmm. that you know I was interested and um they basically talked to my agent, and you know, was, I've been fortunate that most of the jobs have have come my way. Um, mm-hmm. Minus the first job, I've kind of been recruited to go other places. So it's been a very, um, you know, fortunate fortunate path that I've worked very hard to do. And you know, long took a look at my face and. You know, they hired me, and I was able to uh, get in on the ground floor of the new network, and, you know, all of us, dogs, there's, you know, five of us that are still together that started on air in 2014 with Sportsnet LA, so it's been... um it's been really fun to see the network grow. It's been really fun to, you know, see the team evolve and change and, the, you know, the players over the course of the year. And, you know, a lot of these guys, I've seen them grow up. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember interviewing them even before I was with uh, the Dodgers, you know, when they were still really young kids. And, you know, now they're the future of the organization. Um,
0: do you do you have a highlight of your career?
1: Uh, there's so many. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to cover a lot of amazing things. I think... One that really stands out is, you know, I've been fortunate to see seven no hitters in person. Three for the team I was covering, and four against the team I was covering. So, mm-hmm. my first no hitter was Ubaldo Jimenez, the Atlanta Braves, um, and I was covering the Rockies at the time. And then having seen Josh Beckett's no-hitter against the Philadelphia Phillies, and actually the last person he struck out to get the no-hitter was Chase Utley, who ended up becoming a Dodger a couple years after that. And really, probably the coolest one I've ever covered was Clayton Kershaw's against the Rockies in 2014 when he no-hit the Colorado Rockies, and he had 15 strikeouts in that game. It was almost a perfect game had it not been for the error by Hanley Ramirez at third base. So that was just a really special time because of how dominant Clayton was. And to do it when you're at home – is really special, and to, you know, have his wife Ellen come down and let them share that moment together was pretty special, and then I'd have to say, you know, just covering two back-to-back World Series teams and following this group of guys from spring training to the World Series, and, you know, while it wasn't the outcome that they wanted, yeah. um, you know, it was still pretty cool to be able to to cover a team that, that you know, that was so special and so, and so talented.
0: Do, do you have any advice, you know, for any young woman who is trying to get to where you're at right now? I
1: think you really have to be convicted that this is something you want to do. This is not an industry for the weak. It is not an industry for the meek. It is not an industry for somebody that really isn't sure that this is what you want to do. Because in order to be successful, you really have to go all in and you have to be willing to make a lot of sacrifices and I continue to use that word, but it's true. I mean, Mm -hmm. especially if you're on a baseball beat, your social life as you know, it is over. There is nothing that you are allowed to be a part of in the summer because you are literally working every single day. And you know, there are no barbecues, there are no graduations, you're not working you know you're not uh, celebrating mother's day father's day easter you know friday night concerts any of that stuff because you are working and you really have to be convicted that this is something that you want to do and (laughs) if it is there's nothing in the world that should stop you just know what you're getting into and and be prepared to move be prepared to make very very little money in the beginning uh be prepared to do a lot of different jobs for the pay of one You know, I had to do, I had to write all of my own stuff, which I still do, but I had to, you know, edit all of my own stuff, shoot all of my own stuff, write, report, anchor, all of it when you're in those smaller markets. But there's such a good thing about that because you pay your dues and you have much greater understanding of the jobs of everybody around you. And you have so much more appreciation for the people that do those jobs when you yourself had to do it as well.
0: In, in the beginning, when you were making less money, you know, what, what kept you going? You know, what kept you motivated? I
1: just knew that this is what I wanted to do. It was mm-hmm. never about the money for me. It was something that I was very passionate about. I love sports and I love covering it and being a part of that. You know, and I, I didn't like the nine to five Monday through Friday. That's just not the type of personality that I have. And mm-hmm. in sports, it's always something, you know, different and it's exciting and you know we are an industry that provides relief for people and I think that's what's so hard right now is in this time of crisis in our country in our world rather you know and everyone's forced to be at home people turn to sports for a reprieve and a release and now there is not even that to go to so I think you have an appreciation of what it is that we do and how talented these people are and how fortunate I am to be able to cover a sport um, and a, and do a job that brings so many people so much joy.
0: What what would you say you love most about what you do?
1: Just the opportunity to to travel the world, mm-hmm. um, to travel the country with a franchise and a and organization as as classy and as storied as the Dodgers. I mean, there's something to be said when you know. I had this conversation one time with. Um, Andrew Friedman the president of baseball operations and at the time uh, Farhan Zaidi who's now the president of baseball ops for the Giants but at the time he was with us as our general manager know, I said there's something special when you get off of a bus and you walk into an opposing ballpark and you're with the Los Angeles Dodgers it's different it's just different people look at you differently um, they know how cool this franchise is and how historic it is and, and how accomplished it is. And there's just something pretty cool to be able to say that you're associated with a team as amazing as, as the Dodgers are. So it's, it's been, it's been a really fun ride so far.
0: Are you able to tell us more about your foundation?
1: Yes, yes. of course. Um, I could talk about the foundation for days. Um, <laughs> I have a foundation by the name of Didri's Guardian Foundation. Mm-hmm. And Gidreed is um, named after my dog, Gidri, who I adopted in February of 2009. He has since passed away. He passed away in July of 2019. But Gidri was adopted in February of 2009, and it really opened up my eyes to the need for fostering and adoption because of all of the thousands of animals that get euthanized on a daily basis across our country because of overcrowded shelters. There are thousands and thousands of animals that are abused, neglected, discarded, abandoned, and euthanized for no other reason um, than there's just no place for them to go. And Gidry's Guardian Foundation, the sole purpose, is to be able to financially support individuals and rescues that foster and adopt, and I basically pay the medical cost to get these animals as healthy as possible to make them more adoptable. So our goal is to get dogs off of the streets and out of high-kill shelters and place them in loving homes.
0: That's, well, you know, that's amazing. And I know this is your, you know, your, your second passion, you know, that you have. Um, what What can we do to, to, you know, to help, to support
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's actually become probably my number one passion. I kind of joke that I have two full-time jobs and I cover the Dodgers to save the dogs because it really is a a full-time job. And the foundation itself, it's just me. I don't have a staff, so I'm very, very busy with everything um, foundation-related. So honestly, the biggest way people can help is by donating uh, any amount of money. And honestly, even a dollar goes a long way. We are 100% donation-based, so... I don't have any government funding or corporate sponsorship. It's all based on public donations. And the easiest way and the most safe and effective way to donate is just by going to Guidry's guardian.org Gidry's, which is G U I D R Y S guardian.org. And, um, really that's the best way to help us. Um, there's other ways as well. Fostering and adopting is huge. Um, If you can't foster, if you can't adopt, if you can share, you know, share our posts, spread the word, Um, all local shelters and local rescues need toys, beds, food, treats, old towels, old blankets, Um, and really spay and neuter your animals. I mean, Mm -hmm. shelters are overrun uh, with animals that are no longer wanted and irresponsible owners. And if we can spay and neuter our pets, it will help cut down the pet population. Um, you know, and don't support pet stores because most of the time, pet stores get dogs from puppy mills, which um are very inhumane and horrible conditions for these animals. And um, I you know I don't support pet stores. I don't support breeders. Um, I'm big into spaying and you know, neutering, and I'm big into foster and adoption. Hopefully, you know we can continue to to save. know as many dogs as possible the foundation itself was launched on the 4th of july of 2019 Mm -hmm. so it's under a year old and we've already saved over 100 dogs so i hope to continue to be able to help impact the the pet population in any positive way that we can
0: no that's that's awesome because i have a dog of my own and you know i I true i love my dog so thank you you know for starting this foundation um, yeah. So no, as we just you know get to the end, I definitely I want to try this. It's called rapid fire. I'm just gonna ask okay. you some questions, you know, and just yeah, just sure. answer away. Okay. So do you have a do you have a favorite artist, music artist? Ooh,
1: um, man, I'm a big country music fan. I'm gonna go with Dierks
0: Bentley. Okay. Um, I mean, we kind of went over this, but your favorite sport? Baseball. Yeah. Um, what are you currently binge watching? Come
1: yeah. <laughs> well, then this time, um, Ozark. Okay, Oh, I heard I that. I
0: just was finished
1: good. Ozark. I finished Tiger King. We finished Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We finished, Um. yeah, we have nothing right now. I, I need I need some suggestions. We just finished Ozark. So I'm actually, I just started, I know it's supposed to be rapid fire. It's okay, right? no, I have worries, no worries. I'm a winded answer, but I just finally started the Harry Potter series because i never watched any of them. Oh, my god. So I gosh. just finished. I just finished Sorcerer's Stone yesterday.
0: Oh my, well, I'm a big Harry Potter fan and I, yes, you, well, I mean, I love you, yeah, I love <laughs> Harry Potter, so. So I'm on the number two today, I guess. Yeah, awesome. Um, who do you admire the most? My mom. Do you have a favorite movie? Pretty Woman. Oh, that's a, that's a great movie. Okay, last one. Um, describe yourself in three words. Never give up. Okay. No, that's awesome. Um, so Alana, again, I want to thank you so much for your time, for joining me on my podcast and just, you know, just being an influential and such a, you're you're a badass, you know, in the sports industry. And I, again, I truly admire you and yeah, you're just amazing. And yeah, thank you. Just thank you. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Anything for you, kiddo, and keep up the good work and
1: I will always support you. Don't ever forget. Uh, don't ever forget that. Follow your dreams.
0: Thank you so much, Alana. Well, you know, definitely keep in touch. All right, hon. Take care. Thanks, you too. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Ho, ho, ho.